G'day and welcome back to another episode of Bush Yarns. I'm Scotty Connell from Kimberley Spirit and I'm stoked to be able to bring you some more yarns from Mount Bush up here in the Kimberley, northwestern Australia. Let's get into it. G'day and welcome back. It's my privilege and honour to be sitting here with mate Callum Munro. How you going, Cal? Yeah, mate. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This will be good. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, Cal. Um, yeah, mate. So I'm pretty much from the east coast of Australia. So from Noosa in Queensland, pretty much grew up and and just loved it over there. Bit of a fisherman, bit of a jet skier. Um, and yeah, it's pretty much a little bit of a wakeboarder, as you probably saw over the last few days. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Well, I tried. I did do a lot of floating, but Into it. it was, um, yeah, it's pretty good. So, um, and yeah, obviously come across here and done a bit of barra fishing over in, in the Kimberleys and sort of worked over at Home Valley Station for for a season, which was absolutely awesome. And mm. yeah, it's just good. Good time. So we are sitting at the minute on the um, banks of the Ord River and just taking it all in. We've had a huge few days. I went over to the east coast. As soon as these WA borders opened just recently, I just got out of here for a bit of a break and headed over to the east coast and just went and spent a few days uh, with Cal in Noosa and caught up with some people over there and and, um, up to Darwin and around there as well, which has been really cool. It's been a great week. And when I was over there... Um, caught up with Cal as I was saying, and and he said he wanted to come back, um, and come and bit of a, bit of a break. Come check out the Kimberley. He has been here a few times before, and um, so we've just actually at the end of an epic four days, very quick trip. Um, yep. And I had two days over there, so it's just been a, a quick little getaway week, but it's been unreal. Um, but we'll get back to a bit of that, um, more and what we've got up to and and all of that, but. There's a few um, photos and a few bits and pieces hanging around your place, to say the least. You've got hallways full of this stuff. But I've got some photos here um, to talk a bit about your fishing in your earlier days um, and what, you, what you've what um, you been doing on the AFC and and that sort of stuff. But do you want this photo here, Cal, I'll share it with the others online. But it's got ABT all-time big bass record, Somerset Dam. 2013 and it's got you um holding an unofficial world record bass you want to tell us a bit about that fish yeah mate it was um it was absolutely awesome to catch that it was um it's actually been broken now so it has been broken but it was absolutely yeah amazing to get in the comp and there was a bit of a story that actually went behind catching that fish because um we actually did the filming for the australian fishing championships which is sort of one of the biggest tournaments that you can get into like the fishing comps that we used to fish was to get into the AFC. So we had an AFC week up at Lake Gregory and the boys or the film crew actually used um, my boat as the camera boat. And um, the next sort of week after that comp, we had the last ABT round um, and that's sort of the smaller sort of comp before getting into the AFC. And I was actually up for Angler of the Year. Of the year sorry, uh, And pretty much on the pre-fish day, um, we're out there searching around for fish and I looked in my live well and there's some bananas and everybody that knows <laughs> fishing doesn't like bananas in the boat. And I was like, why? And they were being stuffed in my boat, like legit being pu- put into my live well, like into the pump itself. And I was like, who <laughs> would do this? So I was like full off it. I was pretty cranky about it. Cause I was like, I know who's done it. It was the people that were in the AFs, like in the camera crew. And that's the actual tournament director's 
of ABT, which was Simon Goldsmith. I shouldn't probably write some names, but it's no, quite funny it, here. It's, it's good. Um, <laughs> Simon Goldsmith and another bloke called Chris. So obviously on the Friday, I've gone in and said, hey, like, what the hell are you guys doing, mate? Like, why are you putting um, bananas in? And there was a sort of a, a bit of a laugh and a joke about it. And pretty much from there... I was like, well, this is just going to be great karma for you. I don't know what's going to go on, but <laughs> something's going to happen and we're going to get out there and catch some good fish. And pretty much that whole comp, um, everything just worked out like so well. Like a lot of the schooling fish didn't really work. I fished edges, caught a couple of really big fish um, on the first session. And in the second session, I ended up fishing the schools and caught another two really good fish. And just everything started to play out. And on the last session, which was on the Sunday, I was lucky enough to catch that, yeah, that massive fish, which actually, that won me um, angle of the year for that year. It got me to number one in Australia for bass fishing in 2013. Um, and it landed me back onto the Australian Fishing Championships, which was um, absolutely awesome. And that was all from that banana that got stuffed into my <laughs> boat. So thanks, boys. Thanks for that. Bit of karma. Um, How good is that? Eh? Yeah, it's pretty good. So. And you were actually the youngest person ever to win Bass Angler of the Year, is that right? Kyle uh, or No, oh no, I don't think I was the youngest to win it. I was the youngest to win an ABT Bass Pro. Yeah. So, right. yeah, at the age of 16, I went into a comp at Lake Bendouma and um, out of a field of 60, 60 big bass boats driving around and I was lucky enough to sort of find the spot where they're going to sit and, yeah, I only caught four fish for the comp, but there was only there was only 10 people out of that whole tournament that caught fish. Yeah, and right. I caught four out of six, which was absolutely awesome. So, yeah, it's good going back in some of the old memories and yeah, yeah reminiscing. It's good. We've had some fun on that on that boat of yours. Tell these guys about your boat because your boat's sick. We all love it. <laughs> yeah, mate, it's um, it's awesome. It's the Red Beast or the Red Rocket. So, I've got a a nineteen foot bass boat with a one fifty horsepower. It gets up to around hundred k an hour. Um, and it's just awesome. You can just turn it on a dime. Does a one eighty, and it's just an awesome fishing platform. So, you boys have been out on a couple of times and. Absolutely froth it, so <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And yeah. where we've been, and when we talk about we, um, Nick, um, Badger, and myself, um, been up with Cal out of Noosa. What's the dam? Um, Barumba Dam. Barumba Dam is that's where you do your untapped um, fishing adventures now. Yep, yep, that's correct. So I do guiding um, out of Lake Barumba, which is an absolute awesome, awesome place to be out on the water for sure. On that base, and that's untappedfishing.com? Yeah, untappedfishing.com.au. So, yep. yep. And where else are Wonga? That's further north? Yeah, I don't really guide for Barra, like down home. I sort of... Yep. I sort of... um, I just like going Barra fishing and not have to put pressure on myself to go and catch <laughs> catch them for clients. So, yep. I find bass a lot easier. Barramundi are a little bit more uh, harder to catch. So, well, especially in impoundments back home, so... Having said that, we're sitting right now on the edge of the order, Lake Kununurra, and this is an impoundment now. They've been stocking this for the last few years. I bet you're looking forward. This trip, we've been elsewhere, but looking forward to getting back and exploring this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Get the red beast up on the lake, mate, and we'll go, um, yeah, it'll be awesome to get a good sander up and go around and find them because there's there's a lot of good fish in here, which is awesome. So I think think, um, Gloria said that they stocked around a million fish in this dam, so that's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> that's a lot of fish so yeah to get back up here on the red beast would be awesome and so that's the east coast side of things and um and you're still fishing now fishing for Daiwa and who else um there's a few there's Mako eyewear and hooked on angling and outdoors in Taunton there so and so what's that all um entail at the minute like having sponsors like that 
Um, it's pretty pretty much a blessing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dyer will come on this year. I've been with another um, sponsor since I was around 16, and um, I made the decision to jump over to Dyer this year, which is absolutely awesome, and I can't, yeah, can't be thankful enough, mate. It's just awesome to be with such a good crew. They're really, really helpful, send you all the gear, um, and, yeah, they're just pretty much like a, a big family, which is awesome. So, And yeah. then, obviously, you got Mako's eyewear and... And hooked on Mr. Edit, um, hooked on angling and outdoors in Twaton really helps us out a lot. So he's awesome. And you're not on the AFC, or you're not doing any of those competitions now. You've, you're sort of doing your own private guiding and your own stuff. So that's more or less coverage through social and through um, like various media, as well as sharing obviously with your guests and the people, and doing the odd show and that sort of stuff. Is what's the sort of obligations there with them or? Um, it's mainly just social media yep. um, on that sort of front. So I've got some other sort of big things about to happen this year, which I sort of keep under wrap at the moment. But yeah, we'll have some pretty cool things happening or next year, I should say. But all guiding and stuff like that, like using Daiwa gear, using Mako eyewear and showing the clients how good this gear is and yeah, getting out there and whacking a lot of fish on it. So that's the main thing and just doing socials and stuff like that. Absolutely. That's the plugs. There, done and dusted. Tell us more about coming over to the Kimberley. I met you, what, six, seven years ago? Yeah. Um, so and you came over, ventured over this way from then, um, over to Home Valley. Do you want to tell the guys a bit about that? Jim? Yeah, so a bit of a funny story about that. I was I wanted to do something different. I was like, Scotty, <laughs> where can I come to work? So, um, yeah, you got us a job over at Home Valley Station, which was absolutely amazing. So I come over um, four years ago now and come up in April and pretty much nearly died on my first ever day work <laughs> at the station. Um, it's a lot hotter over here compared to Noosa, mate. It's um, a lot hotter. So, Soft. yeah, pretty much softy, eh? <laughs> no good. Um, but, yeah, so just pretty much went out to the station. I was doing barrow guiding out there uh, and just had some really, really good sessions and caught a lot of big fish, saw a lot of big crocodiles and, yeah, just absolutely awesome. A bit of heli fishing as well, so. Mm, and you're fishing the Pentecost um sort of area in between Elquestra and Home Valley there and a few other rivers around there, a few other little little sneaky spots. Yeah, little sneaky spots and we yeah, it's um it's good. There's quite a few of them out there, so it's good to be able to guide and, and find these spots so when we get to get get the chance to go back there, you know all these good spots you're about able to go and whack mm. a good barrow. Beautiful way. Yeah. Right now, you can hear these um, birds in the background, guys. It's the whole heap of little crimson finches that just came into the pandanus just beside us. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful birds. And literally right here on the bow, about a metre away, is a little little male. And they're all coming in. It's so red. That? That's awesome, eh? Um, yeah, it's joy. Where were we? Um, oh, heli fishing. I was just um, a lot of people don't really understand heli fishing when you when you first sort of speak about it. And obviously, it's the landscape up here, and it's it's a bit of a novelty. But it's it's kind of the only way you get to these spots. And and do you want to tell people who don't know what heli fishing is what you are actually doing at Home Valley, taking people heli fishing, and not the exact locations, of course, but just the yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's that's fair but, enough. Yeah, and and something you could expect to happen on one of these or. Yeah, so a lot of people are under the sort of misconception of 
getting on a helicopter and you fish out of a helicopter. <laughs> like you don't do that. And I had quite a few questions about that. So you actually just get on a, a helicopter from the station and you fly out to sort of remote billabongs and hop out of the chopper and obviously go fishing in, in remote billabongs. So it's definitely the best way to go and catch an Australian barramundi where nobody else can go except for the chopper. And yeah, we've had some pretty awesome sessions catching up to 30 to 50 fish for, for a session, especially for clients. There's nothing better than doing that. And I like eating fish, but you like putting them back. <laughs> so in those spots, a lot of the time you're putting them back. You just yeah, and the same mainly. as your bass and all of that. You just enjoy it's the the thrill of catching them and yeah, pretty much that's what I like to do. Um, each to their own though. Like definitely, if you're ever gonna keep one, definitely do it. Um, but yeah, pretty much I just like releasing them. Like I usually fish a lot of freshwater places, and I really believe freshwater fish aren't as good as a saltwater fish and where i live you can catch a saltwater fish that tastes a lot better Mm. and that's yeah what we like to catch so absolutely there was something we'll talk about earlier at one of these billabongs you're at um, where you had a closer encounter with a with a croc out there yeah that was a bit of a funny story so uh we flew out out to this remote billabong on the chopper and um i sort of walked away from the clients and started fishing up um a little bit sort of north of them probably went up another 500 meters up the bank and i sort of started fishing and every start every time i brought my lure back in this little baby croc um, was on sort of the edge of the water lilies and he kept trying to eat my lure and at this stage i hadn't got a photo with a croc um, in the kimberleys and i really did want to get a photo with a baby crocodile so um i decided let's let's let the croc eat it so i accidentally hooked or not accidentally like it ate the lure um and it got caught in the weeds and I was sitting there trying to get it out for ages. Any, anyhow, it ended up flinging out and I got it up onto the bank and it was making all those little baby crocodiles, crocodile noises. And I was trying to get the, the plies to get the hooks out. And as you probably know, you, you get a really weird sense that something's going to go wrong. Like something's obviously <laughs> telling you that there's something going to go wrong and you need to like sort of look up. And as I looked up, the mama croc, is full bow waving straight towards me <laughs> and i'm on this embankment going oh my gosh this thing's about to like eat me like it's probably like three or four meters away from me but full full charging and i'm like tripping up the bank with this crocodile with my rods i lost yeah i lost all my pliers all my gear because this big mama croc was trying to protect its little baby one and um yeah that's something that i'll never ever forget getting nearly eaten by a crocodile mate it was um, <laughs> definitely not a good time it was pretty hectic and obviously like the croc didn't get me and it's gone back down into the water i was definitely not game enough to go back down and get my pliers though um and i pretty much walked back to the chopper and that crocodile probably followed me for 100 meters because i couldn't get the hooks out of this baby crocodile and it just kept making the noises so it's just following me along in the water and uh, I was like, this is ridiculous. Eh? A big croc, like probably, yeah, probably a five meter eight. It was a big one. So I'm glad I'm still here, mate. <laughs> mon- absolutely. There's some monsters in there too, isn't there? There's some some big lizards in that billabong. Yep. Yep, for sure. And was that the first time you'd really dealt with crocs or have you dealt with them over in North Queensland and your other fishing sort of times or like doing that here in the Kimberley, was that? This is probably the most um, I've seen sort of saltwater crocodiles like i've seen them up cape york and stuff like that a fair bit but yeah nowhere near as yeah not not as much as over here for sure yeah so that would have been a pretty surreal experience to be actually guiding working and then having a croc that size yeah about to it's really (laughs) weird though like you know something's gonna go wrong like your gut obviously tells you like get up there's something about to happen and then you look up and you know 
it's really weird how how that happens, eh? It's just yeah, it's pretty cool. Somebody's mm. definitely watching over you for sure. Absolutely. And on that um on that note too, there's something I love to share with guys um on here who have been listening for a while. I shared various testimonies and things of my own journeys and all of that um throughout what we call God's country up here in the Kimberley. And something that I've been able to share with you over the years is um as my faith and and just last year you decided to take a leap of faith yourself and and um and give your heart to, to the Lord. And you've had a pretty wild journey since then. Do you want to share with the guys any part of your testimony that sticks out or, or just your general story of what that sort of looks like for someone that really doesn't understand what giving your heart to God and what the steps are involved that gets you to here and to this place? Yeah, well, it's um it's honestly pretty cool. So the thing at, at the start, like obviously you talking to me and I'm sort of sitting there going like, oh, I don't really know because I never believed in God. I never believed in anything else. Like I thought it was just all, all natural. And I started to get this really funny feeling that evolution never really worked for me like I started to sit there and go well how did that come from that like mm. this is the old story like what come first the chicken or the egg and I, I can't see something just appearing out of nothing unless something had like actually created it and I can still remember going into church with the first time with you and the pastor was some big famous pastor coming over from I can't really remember his name but you'd yeah, probably be able to yeah so he America. sort of said the same sort of lines like we didn't come from apes like we've been designed in in god's image and i sort of sat there and went well well i'm gonna have to do some research here because this is pretty <laughs> this is pretty um hectic hey eh? like i sort of had this funny feeling that, that was that was correct so i did a lot of researching um like i've had multiple phone calls with you saying like man this is ridiculous like i don't understand how people don't know this and yeah i did a lot of research into evolution and how it doesn't really work work out like obviously mini evolution like we evolve a little bit over time but what's the specific starting point okay like if you yeah you can't have a heart without the blood you can't have the blood without the heart it just doesn't work and then what comes first your legs your your mouth your brain like Hmm. you just don't really get it and so that was the big thing for me is looking into that and I've had some pretty cool things sort of happen like my dad had a few heart attacks this year and I've had some pretty pretty cool things like a voice in my head said he's going to be fine um i've seen some really cool things and yeah he was fine he was Mm. honestly he was sweet so the other big thing as well for me Mm. was sort of learning like obviously reading the bible and i never read the bible like didn't believe in god or anything like that but like i struggled with anxiety ocd um stuff like that and when i started to read the bible everything that I'd gone to therapy for was the base model out of the Bible, which was really, really weird. Like I started to see it as like, take every thought captive and you can choose your thoughts. And that's a verse like out of the, out of the Bible. Mm. And that's what they teach you in an OCD clinic. Like you need to be able to cap, like capture your thoughts and then remove those thoughts. And that's the exact same principle. And I think a lot of people are under the, conception of thinking that this is all religion like i don't believe it is religion i know yourself you don't believe it's religion i think it's just it's really how you live your life and it's just awesome to be sort of reading it and learning and seeing a lot of the truths that i've learned over my life are coming out of this bible so Mm. it's pretty cool it's yeah it's awesome so thank you for putting me onto it (laughs) no it's awesome and i remember when i was coming over i I had a friend message me and say oh i come to i had christian his name is christian 
who's um from the C three church in Noosa, and he messaged me and said, "Oh, this Jurgen's coming out from America." And I remember I've heard some of his stuff before, and he's an amazing communicator in the way he sort of because I'm like I've, I can tell stories, you know, about things that you know, like testimonies as they call them, that sort of explains God's goodness in my life and what's happened since I gave my heart, you know, and in um a step of faith to him, but. I'm not really good at communicating it as in such a way of all of the evolution stuff because I just I just don't it's not my not my game but yep yep it was really cool that we came, I came over for that one weekend and that's you know you had that experience and then you know looking into the evolution I know it's a real laugh some days when you um, message or call me and tell me you know these little revelations you have along the way <laughs> yeah you're like what of um of the various things that you're learning about all of that and it's really cool we're all so unique and that's exactly what it's all about exactly what he was sort of explaining that day wasn't it that we're, we are created in his image and that we are unique and that we all have purpose to be here we all have you know a calling and something amazing you know that he's got for us or lots of amazing things that he's got for us but also just to open our eyes to who he is and and be able to share this journey with him and that's for like you're saying for me that's not religion that's there's no rules you don't have to this there's a path that he can put in front of you and if you follow that it's you know yeah it's, it's a win like that, i've always thought as well like there's been a few things that have happened with me that's like why did that happen like that was just like like honestly blessed like to win like all that stuff that I've done like there was a lot of luck involved and I didn't I just I thought it was all me and I just think I don't think it was all me like obviously mm. there was something going on there which was pretty cool so yeah it's it's awesome mate so Been there since day dot yeah um this trip getting onto this one as I said I came over last week and we decided to come back um and yourself and Kyle another fellow from um Noosa Jet Skis Fire Explorer Noosa came across and um, what have we done? We've been up in Darwin. First thing, you guys hadn't been to Darwin. No, I'd never been to so Darwin before. So we flew in there and jumped in the in the rig and headed into town. Yep. Yep. The Crocosium, mate. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, Crocosaurus Cove. <laughs> yeah. Went straight into there, which I hadn't been into either before, um, down Mitchell Street. Had a look around the wharf and showed the guys around the place, but went into there and that was the first glimpse to be standing there into these big glass windows yeah them. looking at these big five and a half six meter crocodiles they yeah you definitely wouldn't be wanting to be in the water with one of them for sure mm. it's a good little start and then we've burned down um the following day and gone to edith falls just in nitmaluk just north of catherine and then into the hot springs yeah the first day and that was for, oh you've been to catherine before i've been to catherine before but yeah it was it was good to sort of drive down from Darwin along that sort of country and check out some of the waterfalls and obviously the Catherine Hot Springs. Like, that was amazing. That water's so clear. And I'd highly suggest anybody that's in Catherine go and check it out because it is amazing. So We did smash McDonald's. We did sitting while sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so much for the diet, eh? <laughs> and then through Vic River and you had a bit of a flick at Vic River there. Yeah, I didn't have any luck, but... It's a, it's a good looking waterway for sure. Mm, I'd love to get a boat country. in there and yeah, it's just amazing. Just the yeah, the escarpments up the bank made it just yeah. Can't explain it. It's awesome. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? And then we had to do the border crossing to yeah. get in with the um, police at the WANT border. Yeah, and they're a bit more strict over here, aren't they? Yep, they're on to us to make sure that we haven't been anywhere anywhere near any Victorians or SA crew or anyone that's been coughing or sneezing or anyway we got in here <laughs> we and got then in. 
up to Lake Argyle. Yep, straight up to Lake Argyle, showed Kylie Boy around, and yep. he's absolutely amazing. Got the photo in the affinity pool, definitely yep. be putting on the gram for sure. <laughs> the boy's getting it done. And then um, what did we do there? We went down the bottom of the wall and yep. checked out that amazing gorge and then come yep. back. Back to town, spent the night here, I believe, and then we went out to a friend's station out that way. Yep. And um, got amongst it for a few days out there and did a bit of fishing. Yeah, got to wax and barrow, which was, um, which is awesome. So that's a... Uh, it was good to get Kylie onto his first barra. Yeah, was, that, was, um, that was a nice fish too. Yeah, yeah, nice fish. So definitely going into the yeah, going into the gut tonight. I reckon. Mm, <laughs> absolutely, and that was that first night. We only got a couple, and then the next day, a bit of a wander in the morning. Yeah, we got we whacked heaps. We would have caught around twenty fish, I reckon, in this this little billabong. We were sight casting. Barra one after the other. I think I got four in four casts there at one stage, which is awesome. So, and what were you using? Um, we're using little Daiwa bait junkie soft plastics. So, um, they're sort of a new lure out at the moment. So, sort of hot on the market, which is good. So, good to get some fish on them, and they really did love them. So, it was good. Yeah, it's good times, eh? And then off to another spot later in that day, we went for a bit of a four wheel drive for for a bit and went and found some some good water. Wasn't yeah. it? It was awesome. Yeah. So I whacked a ton of barra there as well. So old Scotty's the king of catching catfish, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah. a crop just there, right? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's cool. It's um hasn't been favourable in, <laughs> but I think having you two guys around in the last few days and all this fancy gear that you've brought over has definitely um yeah I haven't actually got any excuses. Had <laughs> a total shock. <laughs> It was but, really funny, guys, because Scotty's like, "You just got to sink the lure down. That's that's how you catch the cat. That's how you catch the caddies. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened." I it fully was, thought I had, had something going on right in that moment too. It was just thought warm. it was a barra, barra, yeah. barra, nah, nah, catfish right guys. there. So mongrel dogs, you get that on the big jobs. Yeah, it was so cool though to like see like you'd hook a barra. And you get it up next to the rocks, and then be another barra following it. You can just throw a lure and straight in next to it and catch the next one. Like, yeah. who? Where can you do that in Australia? Like, honestly, the Kimberleys or the Kimberley is just yeah, honestly amazing. So you're painting a good picture there. That's what was going on in Cal's area. Meanwhile, so I ended up He's with a few brim and a few caddies, catfish, and, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the barra followed your catfish in, didn't it? And I caught the barra and you caught the caddy. <laughs> so good. Yeah, on the big jobs. Yeah. I love it. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Nah. Um, and then a bit of Lake Kununurra. Oh, what a place. Yeah. So I've you been... were kind enough to take us out on on your big wakeboarding boat, Kimberley Spirit wakeboarding boat. and a stallion for a bit of a burn up the lake and some crew as well. Some of our local mates here and their kids and a whole crew sort of up, up the river and and uh, up through the gorges, it was really cool, eh? Yeah, it's probably honestly the best place that I've I've seen in the Kimberleys, I reckon. Just mm. when you get up there and on sunset, every just the gorges turn so red, red and orange. It's just amazing, eh? And it like I don't think many people really know about it. No. Like really, everywhere they go out west to like El Questro and and Home Valley and all those other sort of stations, but right in Kununurra itself is just yeah, go up up Lake Kununurra and you'll just see the most amazing places so it was good it was amazing to be there yeah it's incredible to do that one from the front door and be able to go up and have days like that and come back it's something I've been doing for now 15 years since moving up from Broome and it's it's just gets better every time it really is and days like that you know what us boys had what yesterday 
yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. yesterday yeah. yeah, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's yeah. so cool. But um, today. <laughs> today we did something pretty cool, didn't we? Yeah. Tell the guys about today. So, Scotty, we got up a little bit late. We got up, well, what time did we get up? Probably 3.45, but there was a big storm rolling through. Mm. And then we decided, oh, we'll go back to sleep. Scotty stayed up. We went back to sleep. We got up probably around 6.30. And you were kind enough to say, why don't we go and um, go down one of the best fishing spots that, that I know? And I was like, all right, all right, why haven't you taken me to this place yet, mate? What's going on? And um, yeah, you sort of took us for a drive for around an hour and put the boat in and yeah, went for a cruise down and saw some massive crocs. It's just awesome. So we actually saw a um, probably around 10, 10 massive crocodiles around four to five meters eating a big bush cattle what was it just a big normal heifer yeah yeah it was just yeah honestly i've never seen a crocodile eating a cow and that's exactly what they're all doing so it was pretty good kylie boy was a bit um bit scared he was (laughs) it's like take me back to noosa but you and me were both frothing it was awesome to see so and we caught a few barra as well so we only fished for probably around half an hour and we got a couple of couple of nice keepers and and missed a couple more jumped a few more off so you put us onto some good spots then we cruised back in and yeah, sort of waiting around for a flight. Yeah, so it was a ripper, ripper morning. It was we didn't have a whole lot of time because um, the guys were flying out at midday, or uh, well, not not long after midday. So we got down there and got that, got some fish, and and yeah, saw the big crocs, and then got back up and um, chucked the boat in the water to go for a bit of weightboard for a couple of hours. Got to the airport, and as pretty much every flight is seems to be at the moment is delayed so ended up with the whole afternoon here which is why we're here sitting on the edge of the riverbank which we've got to get going in a minute um it's just yeah it's not not far away get back to the airport but it's um for a quick trip just for a few days we've covered some ground yep ticked pretty much a lot of things off missions all the time (laughs) I think Kylie, he's a bit, um, Kylie's a bit more casual. He loves his sleep-ins, loves his like cruises, doesn't do massive walks or anything like that. And you just put him on a new level, eh? <laughs> he was like, oh, this is what living's about. <laughs> no sleeping in. It's, so It's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been awesome. So yeah, can't thank you enough, mate, for taking us up and oh, showing us around the place. My pleasure. It's awesome. My pleasure. And, and stoked to have you guys back over here to get amongst it and um, and to see some new terrain. And the first few days were pretty hot. It was well over 40. And today we've had a nice a nice um, sort of high 30s day with a bit of cloud cover. So that's what we've got around us right now. And and um, nice and cool. So yeah, wet season here. And it is the 1st of December tomorrow. There you go. It's the end of November. Last day of November. Yep. We made the last of... Made the most of this November, that's for sure. Four weeks to go. What does the next four weeks in look like the rest of the rest of twenty twenty for you, Cal? Um, just a few charters, mate, out of Lake Barumba. Might do a few jet ski tours and still keep cruising on my social media marketing. So yeah, I'll have, have a bit of stuff going on. So next year will be a big year though, so looking forward to doing less work, more fishing, pretty much. Yep. Be good. <laughs> be awesome. And get you back up here as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm keen, definitely. Get that red beast over here. Yeah, and like kind of ripping it up with a big root tail, doing 100k an hour up the, up the lake. I'll have a race with you. I'll bet you though. <laughs> Just one last, you will. Uh, yeah. um, one last thing. Last night we caught up with some um, elders, some good friends of mine, and we we're talking about the technology because they go sit down on the bank and they chuck out a bit of live bait and and s- smash the barra. Some some Kimberley locals here, and yep. and uh, we're telling them all about TVs. You've got 
tell them about the setup on your on your on this red bird. Got, got a couple of televisions, pretty much. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got two uh, two electronic fish finders, and they're around twelve inches each, which is a quite a big screen, and pretty much we've got a few different sort of things that you can do with it. But one of the biggest things is we use side scan, which is like a a thing that scans out across, and we can actually shoot it out around three hundred and fifty foot. Um, so uh, yeah, 175 feet either side of the boat. So we can pretty much scan that sort of depth and we can pick out fish that are sort of that, yeah, hundred meters away from us, which is awesome. So we can tell you like, there's a fish under that snag, which is awesome. And those guys just couldn't believe that we can do that and we can, <laughs> which is awesome. So for us to come and fish up here with that sort of technology, I really think it would be an absolute sort of game changer. Eh? It would just be awesome to be up here fishing it. For yeah, sure. that's for sure. It's something that I haven't, I'd never seen until I got on your boat, and I was like, "What's this?" It literally shows you the whole bottom of everywhere <laughs> you're going and where every fish is and what's happening. And then, and so that, in theory, is just I don't know. To me, that's just dumb. It's just dumb because you <laughs> want to have the chase. I tell you what, though, it's pretty annoying when you can't catch them when you find all these that's, fish yeah, and you cannot catch to. them. So, um, so that part there, if they're there in front of you, it's just what you're using. Is like, what's the techniques there? What um, if you sort of if you're finding a lot and you're not catching them, obviously it's probably not a bite time or it's not a it's not a bite spot. So I've sort of learnt with Barramundi that there's there's certain spots they'll sit and they just that's their home. They don't want to eat there. They go out and they find McDonald's or KFC or Red Rooster. That's where they want to feed. But a lot of the times when you find them, if you can't catch them, that's their home. They don't actually want to eat there. So I found that sort of out in impoundments. So it'd be good good to sort of figure it out up here and find some of these little hot spots where where you can catch some bulk barramundi so hmm these yeah. impoundments are a lot of fun aren't they for yeah there's yeah some big fish you what don't is... catch a lot but they're all pretty big like Lake Mondrian that's probably around three hours north of Noosa they're, they're all up around the meter mark at the moment but they're just fat like they are the biggest fish like we're getting chafed through on 80 pound litre so that's saying something isn't mm. it so I don't know how many barramundi I caught on that bit of leader over the last sort of few days yeah heaps and we didn't get chafed through once and that was the same bit of leader so yeah when the big ones come out they're definitely hard to play with for sure next time when you give us a couple more days we can go a bit further and hopefully see a few of those leaders get snapped and... yeah yeah get the <laughs> get the big ones get the meteries around it'll be good <laughs> for sure no nah, man it's been fun it's been epic it's been a pleasure Legend. and um cheers for coming to bush yarns and sharing some of the love for the game yeah the boy. all good and um, yeah, we'll get get you to the airport and get you out of here. Yeah, let's go. Let's get it. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And also thanks for the encouragement. I had some um, people lately that's come up and, and um, said day and said cheers for sharing these stories. They're really enjoying them and it's a real pleasure to bring these to you all. So thank you and um, yeah, enjoy. We'll catch up soon. You. Cheers for tuning in to another episode. I trust you enjoyed it. To follow more of our journey, check us out on Instagram at Kimberly Spirit or the website KimberlySpirit.com. Stay stoked and God bless.